Welcome to episode 78 of the Process Podcast, Destin. Jennifer Castillo on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Miss Castillo. Hi, thank you guys for having me today. Hey, thank you, for, thank you for joining us. Uh, can you tell the listeners where you're from? I am originally from La Ceiba, Honduras, and then I migrated to Miami, Florida at the age of three years old. The age of three years old. Do you remember that transition at all? Um, I do not remember that transition at all. I barely um, can remember, you know, my motherland. So all I know is Miami, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like growing up in Dade County for you? Um, growing up in Dade County was very diverse. Um, I am, I was raised in Opelika, Florida. So it's finally getting credit because of young Miami. She's from Oak from the City Girls. So I, we finally, you know, get our name put in the map. Um, so it was, it was very diverse as far as um, Latinos and the Black community. So I grew up with all of those experiences um, that, you know, Black folks can relate to. Um, going, being outside playing until the streetlights came on. Um, the, you know, just the music, the cookout, those summer vibes that you always think of when you think of Miami. I grew up with that, so. Also, Opalaka, I had a friend from Opalaka, <laughs> the locks, he called it. Uh, the so, locks. <laughs> so what high school did you go to? Uh, Quay won't be joining us on this episode. Well, shout out to Quay, mm-hmm. he went to Miami Northwestern. He's a bull. Now, now Northwestern do they get my respect because they have a, they're an awesome school overall, so they do give my respect. Now, if you would have said Miami Carroll City, I would have booed the um on the live, but they get my <laughs> respect. I personally went to Miami Norland Senior High. Shout out to the Vikings. Um, yeah, Miami Norland. Miami Norland. So, what was it like? You know going to school uh, there at New Orleans, you know, what would you be interested in? Did you play any sports, anything like that? I did. So I actually was the captain of the volleyball team for three years. 
Um, I was varsity since sophomore year. I also ran track for a little, little while, and I did softball. But I don't talk about softball because I was I was sorry I was bad in softball. <laughs> but I was a pitcher. Um, I was a catcher in softball. But volleyball was really my comfort zone. We were um, we were defeated the first year. We literally lost every single game, but we we made a huge turnaround by the time my senior year came around, and we went to quarter regionals and. You know, the ref, the refs that had been with us throughout those three years really were so proud of us by the end of our senior year because they were like, this is a whole another team compared <laughs> to the team they first had met that defeated year. So, yeah. <laughs> defeated? I've never heard that before. We were deep. We literally lost every single game my <laughs> sophomore year. Every single game. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So, what, so what did you learn, you know, throughout your high school career as a you know student athlete what did you learn about yourself um well actually i i have those those stories of that you know that athlete with you know good grades and confidence and you know everyone projected to, for me to go to a great university and have a great you know successful career um, in the future, so my confidence going into college was on a high, and I was very humbled um, when I got to college because high school, I was a teacher's pet. I was the girl everyone knew, you know, that was playing, you know, in on the field, on the court, and then also getting those A's in class. And um, teachers liked me, so I really didn't even have to put much work in in high school. Everything was kind of breeze. But then when I got to college, I was like, oh, studying? What is this? I have to study. I have to go to the library and actually read. So, yeah, high school was a great experience for me. But I don't think it really necessarily prepared me for how the real world was. I could say that. I was I was definitely sheltered and in a bubble where I was um, at New Orleans. I was. Wow, wow. So... You know, being on cloud nine coming out of high school, uh, where did you end up choosing to go to college? And how was that transition from Miami to your college choice? So because I was on this cloud nine and I was, you know, such a great, quote unquote, great student, I was um, I was pushed to go to Spelman College because, mm -hmm. you know, they want the best of the best for me. And so this was my first time being away from home, um, because for those of you that may not know, Spelman College is in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I went to Spelman College, and like I said, I was top three percent of my class. You know, just this this schoolgirl. You know what I'm saying? But when I got to Spelman, everyone around me was as good or even better than me. So my efforts, whatever I did in high school, let it be the bare minimum. I had to really up it up. Like I really had to show myself and put myself in a, in, in on the shelf as high as all these other girls who were. Bill Gates scholars and fellows and you know had Jack and Jill money behind them you know what I'm saying so I was quickly humbled and um like I said I was sheltered being that I was raised in black communities Hispanic communities I had never experienced racism racism and so I went to college around the time where Trump was getting elected into office. So it was MAGA hats everywhere, Confederate flags, things that I had never seen before in the little town of Oak Block in Miami that I was now experiencing when I went to Georgia. And so it's just like my whole bubble was burst. And I got into, I really 
I really went into coming into a coming of age when I left home. Um, I had to work two jobs when I was at Spelman, and it was literally me just waking up at six in the morning, getting dressed, go to my first job, leaving that job, going straight to class, and after class, having my uniform at class to get ready to go to my other job. So my bubble was burst, and I really, I realized, you know, you got to really work for what you got. You can't just smile and, um, you know, call yourself uh, a student. You really have to work for it. So I, I had a coming of age at Spelman. and I unfortunately was not able to stay because of financial reasons. So I came back home. Um, I went to FIU for a semester, and I realized I missed that HBCU culture. So... I was. I told myself, okay, while I'm here for this semester, I'm going to save up as much as I can and then go to FAMU because FAMU was always the talk. But of course, I didn't want to go to FAMU at the time because I didn't want to be in Florida. I wanted to leave Florida and go to Atlanta. So I forfeited the opportunity of having that in, um, having whatever scholarships I could have got from being a Florida student. I forfeited that to go to Atlanta just, you know, to end up right back at Florida at Florida a and But Everything happens for a reason. It took me to, to leave home and to really have a coming to age and learn more about myself for me to succeed where I'm at now. Hindsight is 2020, but looking back at, you know, working two jobs and being at Spelman and trying to do your best, you know, um, what did you learn about yourself during that those moments? Um, what I learned about myself was that like I said, I just, all, everything came handed to me. Mm-hmm. And at this time, and nothing was handed to me. I realized that I was not as privileged. I mean, obviously I had a roof over my head. Um, I realized I realized that, you know, I, my family did not have it. My mother, I, I didn't share this, but my parents couldn't even come to move me to my new dorm at Spelman College because they didn't have enough money to catch a plane with me. Um, my mama gave me $60 in the Bible to transition, you know, to go to college. And that's all I had. Um, so when I came into Spelman and, you know, just meeting all these new girls and they're like, oh, yes, my dad, he's a congressman. My mom, she's a lawyer. And she went to Spelman and she met my father at Morehouse. And, you know, I, they paying for my school. And I'm just like, wow, like my parents couldn't even come with me to moving day. You know what I'm saying? So I realized, like, I'm not as privileged as anyone else and um my parents worked hard to get me here so I realized I had to get myself together and really work hard to to have my children be able to say the same things that my peers are now telling me about their experience you know growing up and what they have so that's what I learned about myself I learned that I need to work harder and yes, I had things handed to me before, but you know, the real world is not gonna hand you anything. And you can't just get everything, you know, just by smiling, you gotta put in, you gotta put in some work, you gotta work hard. So that's what I learned about myself. Wow, wow that's, some, mm-hmm. that's some persistence. I want, yeah. I want um, so just a little bit about myself. The listeners have heard this a couple times, but I almost flunked out of FAMU my first time. I got my GED, I got into FAMU, almost flunked out. Went to Fort Valley State, almost flunked out, and I came back to FAMU, you know what? And I and I told myself, you know, I'm gonna finish what I started, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and so my question to you is, once you got that fresh start going to FAMU, you know, what was your mindset going into it? Going into it, like I said, I wanted I wanted to come to family because of the HBCU culture. Mm-hmm. 
And going into FAMU, I was saying, I always, you know, you always hear stories about people saying college life was their best experience. Um, they enjoyed doing X, Y, and Z. They were Miss FAMU, Mr. Whatever school they came from. And they got everything, you know, that they that they paid for. Mm -hmm. So coming into FAMU, I said that um, not only, of course, would I get my degree, but I wanted to leave my mark and I, I wanted to actually enjoy my years at college because I know that after college is the real, real world. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. that's what I came to FAMU. Of course, I wanted to get good grades and get my degree and set myself up for my career, but I also wanted to enjoy what I could. So that's what I told myself I would do. So how so how has your experience been so far in FAMU? What are you involved in? How's it been? Um, it's been everything and more. Um, I've been involved in mentoring organizations. They uh, set me up to intern as a paraprofessional teacher. Um, I've been able to be a part of a court for the brothers of the Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity. Um, I've been able to meet people, uh, all of the businesses, uh, all this, the cr creative aspects of me. I was able to develop and actually put forth at FAMU with the support of my, um, my FAMU folks. So I believe that had I stayed at Spelman, I wouldn't have that because it would have been competition rather than uplifting. And it would have been me having to work two jobs rather than having extra time to really tap into my creative sense. Well, um, so, you know, being back at FAMU, what's your major and why did you pick it? Uh, my major is biology education with a concentration of education for secondary students. And I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. Since I was born, my mama said she got so many pictures of me, you know, with heels on and glasses and a ruler. Like I was a teacher. I have pictures of me um, with my dolls in the background sitting up and me lecturing them on this little whiteboard they had bought me one Christmas. <laughs> so I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. Um, so that's my major. And then once I got into my major deeply, I was like, I want to impact as much children as I can. And not only that, but I also want to help people have a better transition into college and oversee them getting high, you know, higher into education mm -hmm. so I decided that I don't want to just stop as being a teacher I want to become a principal and at one point I want to become a superintendent so I can be right in the front line of making laws and um helping the community in the best way to make sure that schools have everything they need to prepare our children when I say our children the children in our communities um to prepare them to have whatever they need to make sure that they have a great education Awesome, awesome. And you also you also do a drive too. Yes. Um, so every year since 2018, yes, since 2018, I do a college essentials basket giveaway. And it stems from the story I told y'all that my parents literally only gave me $60 in the Bible. Um, I didn't have, you know, the essentials. I didn't have the I was able to have the cute dorm because um, my roommate's family put in money towards our dorm because we shared a dorm. But I didn't come with college with nothing. The clothes I had in my suitcase were so worn out and faded. They were different colors um, by the time I took it to college, uh, to Spelman. So I told myself, like, you know, this is going to end here as, as for as long as I can. Um, 
whenever I get to a point where I can have a little bit, just a little bit more for myself, I'm going to use it to help somebody else get into college and have a better transition um, into, you know, their freshman year and their transition into college. So I started this drive in 2018. Um, in 2018, I just wanted to do one girl, but I put it out. I put out the application and people were DMing me and saying, hey, I want to contribute um, X, Y, and Z. So I was able to have enough to do two girls. And then the following year, um, I had enough donations and sponsorships to do five girls. And then last year, despite the pandemic, we were able to help 10 families, including tablets, um, with everything that they needed to start school, to start college. Um, and it's catered, it's mostly catered to fresh, incoming freshman girls that are attending Spelman, of course, and FAMU, because those are home, those are home to me. And I also added Clark Atlanta because that's our sister school. Um, and this year, my mom has been bugging me to open it up to uh, other schools too because, you know, girls all over need help. Not just those schools, but I, you know, Spelman and family, that's, those are my schools. So I want to keep it there, but my mom has been bugging me to like open it up more to other girls so, so we can help as many girls. And my goal this year is 20. So we're moving on up every single year, try to help as much girls as we can. Awesome, awesome initiative. You have our support. Um, Thank you. We remember you guys sponsoring um, in 2019. Oh yeah, you have our support, so we have to jump on this year. Um, but I wanna, I wanna ask, you know, being a teacher and, and doing the mentorship, you know, what does it feel? How does it feel to be able to give back? Um, what does it do for you when you are able to stand in front of a classroom and to, you know, uh, teach young individuals? Um, it feels like I'm fulfilling my purpose. I go to work every single day. Um, well, it doesn't even feel like work. It feels refreshing every day knowing that I'm doing what I love and knowing that I'm helping in a way. Um, knowing that that someone's life is going to be impacted by anything I say at any given moment right now. And knowing that one student, at least out of all of my students, one student is going, well, all of them, they're going to achieve great things, but one of these students are going to continue off and pave the way just like I'm doing. And, and slowly I'm changing the world within my classroom. So it feels awesome. Um, it doesn't feel like a chore. Of course, you know, as humans, some, some days we're more tired than others, but um, to hear their parents come back and just say, oh yes, my teacher talks about, my student talks about you all the time it's always Miss Castillo this and we had a great day we did this that that is so heartwarming so it feels so fulfilling and I'm not even deeply into my career so it's fulfilling and I know that um I know that I'm making everyone around me proud and you know I just know I'm doing what I was born to do what I was destined to do looking back over your life so far um approaching graduation soon you know, what advice would you give your younger self just looking back over your life? Um, so like the podcast is called Process, Trust the Process. It's so cliche, but literally you have to trust your process. I am such an impulsive person. Um, and I'm such a, like, I'm quick to jump on things and say, okay, well, it's not happening fast enough. So let me try to do this and try to start it myself. And sometimes you really just need to sit back and let the universe align things for you. Um, and also you have to, 
recognize that your state, whatever you're going through at the moment, is not your final state as your temporary, you're in a holding site to what is next and what's greater coming for you. So um, do not feel as though you have to burst the bubble or you have to press the buttons to have something start. It's going to start, it's going to happen. Trust the process, allow God to do his thing sometimes. And so it's easy for me to say, cause I, I, I don't do it, but <laughs> I literally, my mom is always like, like, yeah, just pray, just pray about it and wait on it um, because God already knows what's going to happen in March and March hasn't even come. So it's coming. You know what I'm saying? Today is today. Tomorrow there's new blessings and whatever has been set aside for you is going to come because it was already planned and destined for you to have. So that's what I would tell my younger self. I have messed up a lot of opportunities for trying to initiate them myself and going, um, trying to jump, jump, what's called jump the boat, Mm -hmm. trying to jump the boat. So what I would tell myself is pray and let God, especially things that have already been manifested and prophesied for you, let God handle it. Um, of course, faith without work is, is, you know, dead, but do your part and let God handle the rest. So that's what I would tell myself, my youngest. Amen, amen. <laughs> we usually have a follow-up question, you know, what does trust the process mean to you? But I think you answered that question, you know, just let God handle what's already been, you know, predestined for you. Yes. And you know what? I love that you say because I paint. And so um, sometimes, you know, on, on my Instagram story, I would paint how I'm, you know, my update. I would update on how the paint looks and it looks crazy. Mm-hmm. And I always put trust the process because you will see the final product. But at the time, you don't see the final product. You just see a few marks here and there, mm-hmm. a few a few streaks here and there. And so you got to trust the process and know that you know what you're doing right now. Look crazy. Yes. But at the end, it'll be beautiful. The picture, once it's done, it'll come together. It'll make sense. So I like, you know, I like the the trust the process and process podcast. I like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God is the master creator. We're all dirt right now trying to mold us into something. So Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely. I just want to thank you for, you know, joining us on the podcast and allowing us to hear your story and kind of bringing us into your life experiences. But do you have any lasting words that you want to leave with the listeners? Okay, so lasting words, I would say I want to speak on um, paving the way because that is so important to me. Uh, I don't like to think that people have to be millionaires. I have a substantial amount of money to do something for someone. Um, Just as long as you have enough to do something, something as small as, Maybe taking someone that you know stick a basket full of, you know, a basket of soup or something mm-hmm. is going to mark, it's going to impact them. And it'll start a spark with them to do something else for someone else. And next thing you know, we have a whole community of people that are helping better themselves and others and are, you know, doing some type of service. So what I want to leave the, re- the listeners is do something nice for someone and it'll make you feel good and it'll make that person feel good. You never know what that person is going through. Um, they may not tell you they need something, but you know, just know these little things, take a step back. Don't think of me, 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 especially in a pandemic because a lot of people are out of jobs, um, you know, just trying to scrap up whatever they can. So do something nice for someone. Don't think that you have to be a millionaire, billionaire to, to, you know, to plant a seed in someone's life. So that's what something I believe. Awesome. A little bit goes a long way. Um, mm-hmm. I want to 
uh, conclude the episode by asking, you know, where could the listeners reach out, you know, to see the work you have going on, uh, you know, to keep up if they want to give you feedback on the episode, where can they find you on social media? Okay, so um, my personal page is Queen Yennefer. My name is like Jennifer, but with the Y, so that's Q-U-E-E-N-Y-E-N-N-I-F-E-R underscore. Um, and if you want to know more about my basket giveaway, um, I actually have a foundation for it now, and it's called the Dream Factory Foundation. So the Dream Factory, just like it's spelled, the Dream Factory Foundation, no underscore, no nothing. Um, yeah. And that is, Jennifer is for Instagram and for Twitter. Queen Jennifer underscore. This episode was brought to you by Overcome Achieve Clothing. Allow what you have overcome to fuel the flame of persistence as you face and conquer your next challenge. Wear your truth. Overcome. thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered like that was my thing you know oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave not only on the industry but the effect that I want to leave on people being a whole human being going through my obstacles going through the things that I'm going through and not to only broadcast these things but for it to inspire change.